to all of those who loved him, all of us who still look for the black number three in the field, if you look real hard, they say you can still see him there. If you listen with us to the following song, well, perhaps you just might feel him here with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, here to remember Dale Earnhardt. TC and Jake. Do you, uh, do you remember Dennis Reynolds' two reasons for why it's acceptable to tell someone about a dream? I don't. He said, uh, dreams are like pictures. Unless I'm in them or someone's having sex, I'm not interested. And I have a dream to tell you about that meets both of those qualifications. Oh, okay. Great. It's about you having sex. I dream Me? about you having sex. Okay, that's really weird. You were wearing clothes the entire time. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it is really weird. I bet, like, I, I wanted to talk about it because I've been struggling. Like, you know, when I woke up yesterday, I was like, what the fuck's going on in my head? But, like, as I've pieced it, I think, I think I've pieced it together. And I, 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 think, it, I, think, <laughs> I think it all works out. Because, you know, like, uh, as, as, you're, as evidenced by your experience with the therapy, uh, there's just, there's a lot going on in our heads. There's your, your conscious mind, but then much bigger and more impactful than that, there's your subconscious mind. And by definition, you don't have control over your subconscious mind. Like, your conscious mind is the parts that you're aware of and can control. The subconscious sure. is the rest of it. Uh, and then, you know, it surfaces the, a lot of the subconscious stuff in your dreams. Like, that's that getting sorted out a little bit. And so, you know, I, I'm trying to figure like, parts of it, I could immediately be like, oh, obviously, this has been going on. So, like, this is what that is. But then there was other parts of it where I was like, where the fuck is that coming from? Like me fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, yeah. you know, it'll... I guess every single person you know, like it'll pass through your head at some point, like obviously they have had sex, but like, mm. you know, I just, I push it out. I'm like, I don't want to think about that. That's fucking weird. So you like, you push it out. But then I'm wondering like, what's going on in the subconscious? Like, is he, you know, in the conscious brain, he was briefly fucking, I pushed it out. Is he still fucking back in there? Like the part that I can't control? But I think right. by the end that it's, uh, I think I've got it all all worked out to a satisfactory manner. So uh, the dream was that I was at your house because uh, you invited you'd invited me and my wife over mm. uh, because you were set to announce that you're uh, you're really into Diddy type stuff and you had a little show to put on. Is that like uh, abuse? Not abuse, but uh, like everyone seemed like they were on board. The the coercion part uh, was not present, but the okay. whole thing of like, uh, I found the guy. He's a great guy. He's coming over. And there's gonna there's gonna be a big show, and we're all gonna watch. Oh, okay. I mean, I could totally see that happening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know what's funny is. Uh, I wouldn't have done this had you not uh, laid down the uh, entree. Uh-huh. <clears throat> but I had uh, a dream the other night that okay. I, I only tell you about my most boring dreams. <laughs> Go for it. 
I had a dream the other night that I just lost my keys. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? It was like five hours long. It was five hours long? It was the whole night. <sighs> wow. And then I woke up and I was like, I've got to find they? those keys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were just in my backpack. Good. That's good. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah. you know, like the it's, it's not there. like anyone said Diddy in the dream. But uh, it was the inflection of the, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, I was, like, obviously that's where that's coming from. You know, like, the idea of, like, uh, you know, hiring outside parties for this sort of presentation, that's because Diddy's been in the news. You know, there's the stories about that's what he did. So, like, that's right. why that was present in my head. Uh, right. But then I'm, like, why am I thinking at all about Jake's private life and i had 24 hours where i was like this was really kind of fucking me up and then uh this morning i was in the shower and it finally clicked it's because you won't stop tweeting about how much you love pegging that's that's the that's what's put the your your thing front and center in my mind not like i think about it every time but like i saw the tweet and like that's how it got lodged there there might be two tweets total (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a ton of tweets that's that's every single person i know combined has zero except for you have two i could put together some infographics that really heighten you know really drive home how in a relative sense you do love to tweet about pegging i feel like listen you're alive once right I don't know. Yeah, the, the, go for it. Just let the holes be open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I. You know, it's all fine. I don't. I don't want. I guess I don't want you to change anything because I. You know, if if you want to do it, you should do it. And if you feel good about doing it, you shouldn't feel so ashamed that you can't discuss it in public. You, we should all be free to be who we are. Um, but, 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 you know, I did see the tweet that I had a dream about you. Like, it's a tweet about you being into, you know, I don't want to say weird. I don't want to like prejudice any of it, but it's, it's outside of the norm. But you you are, (laughs) I mean, like I'm not the rest of the entire world is I'm the person in your life aside from one that's most accepting of it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and maybe the most. (laughs) <laughs> uh so you know i i feel like my record on this is fine but like it, it sure. just it did i i i put together that's what like it did introduce as a topic your private life and then i'm I, I've, we've also been thinking about diddy and then all this got mashed up into my brain and like uh when i woke up i don't know if this is weird to mention but it was an odd incident in my life and i, I would like to explore it on the podcast uh like um it was Izzy getting ready for school that woke me up. <laughs> like, just dreams are so fucking weird, dude. The whole thing fucking sucked. Like, I I guess I, I, I feel some guilt. I don't think that I should because I do not control it. It is entirely outside of the things that I can, um, you know, have anything to, to decide about. Sure. Uh, but like whenever it's like, you know, like your, your good friend is, uh, is, is getting the hot and the heavy. And then like all of a sudden you're transported to an entirely different world where your child's getting ready for school. It's like, 
what a fucking pervert am I? Like, I'm still thinking about whatever the fuck he was doing at his house. And like the kids, I'm like, this is bad. I feel bad. I'm, I'm a bad, unclean person. Okay. So I do want to say one thing about that, um, to change gears a little bit, please. Um, we talked about this maybe two weeks ago. Dude, the pallet thing works. What pellet thing? Um, pallet, oh. not pellet. Almost every morning I wake up now, Nora is asleep next to the bed. Okay. On a pallet. That's good. That seems good. I mean, you know, people who haven't dealt with this at all would probably be like, why does she sleep in her bed? But like, we're so far past that. Yeah, I know. But I'm just, for those people trying to provide like some level of, I don't know, my wife almost certainly saw this on uh, IG. Right, but like she just like does it now, and she doesn't bother you or anything. It's just she wakes up at some the last point in the five times, the nothing. Okay, yeah, no. I mean, we we have. She goes to the to the floor, pulls a blanket up, lays down. That's it. That's great. I it's very good. Uh, we've kind of tried that with Izzy, and she wanted no part of it. She's pretty fucking picky about it. Uh, the, the fucking D-Day for all this was the, whenever we went to the Great Wolf Lodge and I saw a man in the tracksuit standing in the yes, pool. Yes, I quite remember. The, uh, the night before, it was like, like it's all one open room, but there's like kind of a doorway without a door that's like making a, like kind of a kid's bunk room. Uh, and she wouldn't sleep in there. Uh, like, like she tried it for five minutes and with her cousins in there. So it's like, I don't know. That's, that's like the mildest possible. Have you tried sleeping on your own sort of thing? She wouldn't go for it. Uh, so then we like made a, like, we were like this bed that's in here. This is not big enough for me and Megan. It is, it, it is not. Uh, so we like, you know, set up a thing on the bed next to, uh, on the floor next to us <coughs> and after you know two hours like she tried sleep she went to sleep but then she woke up it was like it doesn't fucking work i'm not doing it so like that was you know that that was a pallet next and and like we kind of have uh her old mattress this is a little bit fucked up that we do it is in there for the dog <laughs> so i'm not trying to uh create the same accommodations for the child and the dog but, like, there is another mattress laying on the ground in our room, and she's never been like, that's okay. Uh, so, but anyway, I'm, I'm, that's got nothing to do with your situation. I'm very glad that it worked out for you. It's good that you suggest it because I hope that it does work out for other people who, who uh, are dealing with similar issues. Yeah, I just say try it. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to take, like, the first three, four, five times. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. The last five, six, seven times it is it's taken for us. So that's great. I um, wake up and I'm like, oh, it's five thirty. And I like walk around the room and I'm like, there's a small child laying on the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You gonna make two pallets once Carter's older? Dude. What are you going to do? I mean, like, it's... Let me tell you something. Kids his age do a lot of bullshit, but, like, it's a separate kind of bullshit. Dude, let me tell you something. 
You're not going to want to hear this. You're going to be really mad at me. Okay. As a as a parent friend, I just don't treat him the same. I mean, it's fine. I guess I'd like to know the details, but uh, the like initial he, statement, I'm not like, mad. When he comes up to me and he just starts punching me, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> okay, that feels too far. We're not doing that, bud. We're not doing that. I mean, we canceled the podcast yesterday because of him. We did, yeah. I mean, like, you know, it's getting he just has a fine. different, like, meter, you know? Yeah, whenever Izzy punches me, I just, I just, punch, I just punch her. Oh, I absorb those punches, and I'm like, oh, okay, Han. It's not full force. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. You're a little bit upset. That's fine. Oh, with like him, that, I'm like, yeah. dude, if you put your hands on me again, problems. Sometimes Izzy will punch because she's mad, but most of the time she just thinks it's funny to hit me as hard as she possibly can. Oh, yeah. And again, Nora does that, but yeah. I, I absorb that as like uh, softly, Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but you've decided know, that dude. he needs, a, he needs a, a steady hand to guide him. He craves I, structure. I, you know what? Uh, last week, if we're going to go fully dad pod now, um, last week uh, was the first time that I ever uh, yelled at her. It's interesting. Tell me everything. I thought about you immediately, dude. <laughs> okay. Just because, like, when we were talking about, like, having to get him dressed and how you felt bad about that. Yeah. Like the hold down type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just had a moment, dude, where she was – she wasn't in school from – uh so two Wednesdays ago was the last day of school. Thursday, Friday off, whole week off. Mm -hmm. And I think for her, like spectrumy, yeah. Um, schedule is everything. Yeah. Quite huge. And she just wouldn't put her clothes on. Yeah. And I was just like, I got to do it. I got to finally do it. Yeah, I don't think I've yelled, but there's definitely like... like I yelled. <laughs> there's an edge to my voice that I had hoped to never put in that like at times I'm like... Like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but like, I think this is a really dangerous thought. I think every bit of abuse that was ever heaped upon me started here. Uh, yeah. But, like, there's also some truth. That's why I hate it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of, like, they, they like, it's it's so fucking pernicious, the idea that they do need structure. And, like, the idea that kids, like, want it is, like, obviously silly. But, like, there is some amount of, like, the gift you have is that you're the adult. And, like, you need to bestow this gift upon them. And yeah. like, you know, they they are to some degree looking for signals about what's important and what's not important. And a right. way to communicate to them what is important is by being more serious about your tone. And, you know, uh, it's it's like an abdication of your responsibility not to do it. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I think my wife, like, 
uh, she rolls like 60% of the way through like discipline. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what that's doing is the worst for both of you. Yeah. You're not, you're not really achieving results, but you're also going to feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. And could create resentment in the kid. Yeah. So I waited for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And I just went in and I was just like, hey. I don't know. I said some stuff I don't want to repeat. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I, I think and the other side of you know, like trying it. to avoid the kind of. Sorry, I think you broke up there. You, no, I was just saying that. she she immediately got it. That's good. I mean, at least nah. it fucking did what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It would have been worse if she just didn't put on her clothes. Correct. Um, but uh, I don't know. The, you know, whatever I'm talking about, there's great dangers for abuse in those ideas. The way to protect yourself against that is just to, you know, reflect on these things and like just stay open to what your body is telling you in those moments, right? Like, like you know, you're. it was something you put a sufficient bookmark in mentally that you're talking about it now. Like, you know, it's clear from how you're talking about it that you've thought about it a lot since then. That's all fucking really good. And I'm not saying any of this because you don't know it. I'm just, you know, we're talking through so that people who haven't been in these situations but may one day come to be in them have a framework to think about them. That's all I'm doing. Sure. Um, but just, you know, just fucking... Listen to what your body's telling you. See how you feel. That was that was why I brought up the the other thing about you know me getting mad at Izzy whenever she wasn't putting on her clothes is because you know I I knew how I felt after that and I it was extremely clear to me that if I was listening to myself that what I ought to do is never do that again and I haven't you know but also I don't fucking get it ready in the mornings ever so <laughs> easy enough but like just I there's been a couple times Quite that easy. like. I've hit uh, boundaries, you know, that, uh, that like I know, like I know how I'm whenever I'm starting to feel this way, that if I listen to this impulse that like later on, I'm going to feel terrible. And so I just, you know, I, I, I know not to cross over those lines. I, I feel I find out where those lines are by crossing them. And then I, then I know where they are for the next time. No, you have a you have a phenomenal scene work uh, scene worked out <laughs> where I don't have to do the morning stuff. It's the worst part of the day, dog. Yeah, it's not great. I did do it uh, this week for the first time in a long time. Megan was sick, so I I was I was helpful, but I, you know it was all pretty easy. You should uh, add in like a an insurgent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, someone else who wakes up in the middle screaming. Yeah. It sounds fun. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I'd like to, but it's not how it's going to play out. I, um, what, uh, or can I tell you, can I tell you about something I learned about? Sure. I, uh, I think I might have heard like a whisper of this. This is how, like my memory loss stuff, this is kind of how it goes. That the first time something's brought up to me, I'm like, I've never heard of that before in my life. And then like two hours later, I'll be like, okay, yeah, actually I did know actually a lot about that. 
Have you ever, have you had that experience? Of course. Yeah. And then because that's so present, we're like, I have this false certainty about not having the memory. It creates an amount of doubt about the entire thing. Like sometimes I, I, the memory comes back very strongly and other times it comes back kind of weakly. And I'm like, I don't even know if that's a memory at all. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I think I'm remembering this thing that I just said that I don't remember, but like, I don't know, you know, like I, I, whenever you're not certain about what happened to you in the past, then like it just, it creates a lot of gray areas where you don't know if you're inventing memories or not. It's unfortunate. I don't like it. Don't do drugs. Um, Wouldn't matter. But I, I think that uh, I'd never heard about this. Uh, so I scrolled on TikTok, of course, and found out about uh, a big uh, hazing episode that happened at Texas. Um, in 1990, uh, there was four members of the Sigma Nu fraternity that were charged. Is this uh, John Hamm? This is John Hamm. Okay. So you you already do know about this. I do. Um, yeah, dude. I I didn't know that John Hamm went to UT. I mean, like, he didn't finish. Because, in part because of this. His dad also died in the middle of it. So, like, you know, whenever... Like, his telling is, you know, my dad died, so I went home to fucking, you know, put the affairs Grief. Together. That makes enough sense. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, the dude who was the victim... Like, that was... Kind of like when I first heard about this is like sort of the first place you go to is like, how crazy must it be to be have this happen to you? And then like you just fucking going along in life and Mad Men comes on like whatever the first time this guy heard that like John Hamm's a big deal now that had to be fucking insane for him. And I, probably not good. Probably not a not, probably good. not a happy, fun experience. Uh, no. But the dude is, uh, he went to Richland. He, uh, he lives in Fort Worth now. Like he's a, hmm. he's a doctor, lawyer, which I've always heard. If you can get both a uh, doctorate and a law degree, that the fucking money spigot turns on at that point. Yeah. Uh, like I think he does like malpractice law stuff. It's like if you can, okay. if you know everything about like how to be in court and you can go in front of a jury and be like as a doctor – this is how all this works, then like, yeah, dude, you're, you're going to live in a big house. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad that it worked out for him. You know, I don't want like it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a bad deal. What went on? He was, uh, he was rushing. Uh, there was like a list of stuff that he was supposed to memorize. He did not memorize it. Um, and then fucking John Hammond, three other kids proceeded to torture him for two hours. They mm -hmm. like, uh, paddled him in his kidneys. He almost lost the kidney. Uh, did not end up losing the kidney. He did uh, fracture his spine as a result mm. of this. Um, he said that a ham lit his pants on fire and told him he could just blow to put it out. Like he couldn't hit at it. He just had to like get down there and blow. The uh, the big headline one was, uh, and it's unclear what the pants were doing because whether or not he's wearing pants at this point is, uh, I feel, a, a big detail. Um, and it's, it's not entirely clear to me, but they, uh, they took a hammer, uh, like took the claw end of the hammer and, uh, like lodged it under, under his nuts there and kind of, uh, led him around the room for a couple minutes with the, uh, with the hammer. Um, 
And yeah, uh, there's four dudes that uh, were charged with uh, multiple counts. The DA uh, was like, you know, we're picking out these four because these are the four that like really fucking did this. Uh, Three of those guys went to jail, which is Mm. fucking insane. Um, But uh, one of them got deferred adjudication. And uh, that one was John Hamm. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been asked about it once. There was an Esquire article. Where, uh, you know, the guy brought it up and Ham was pretty clear, like, you know, in the article, he's like, he got angry at that point, um, said something about, you know, like, uh, I didn't know this was going to be a hit piece. Um, or like, I'm, I'm worried that it's a hit piece, whatever. Uh, but the, the, the quote that he did give, I have it here for you. I wouldn't say it's accurate. Everything about that is sensationalized. I was accused of these things. I don't. And then he trails off. It's so hard to get into it. I don't want to give it any more breath. It was a bummer of a thing that happened. I was essentially acquitted. I wasn't convicted of anything. I was Mm -hmm. caught up in a big situation, a stupid kid in a stupid situation, and it's a fucking bummer. I moved on from it. What a bummer. (laughs) Bummer is such a word to use. Uh, I don't know. It seems like he's saying that the kid's lying about his involvement, right? Yeah. Yeah. and I guess I am very interested. I would love if the fucking DA would, you know, be candid about why three of them got convicted and one. I mean, like, if you get deferred adjudication, I don't think that there is a trial, right? I've gotten deferred adjudication for speeding tickets before and there wasn't trials. Uh, I don't know if it's different, if it's like assault. Um, but I, I, I don't think that there is like a court record where they're like having John Hamm on trial and that explains why he got punished so lightly than the other ones. You know, and so like I just, I mean, at this point he's not famous. Like he's not, you know, I mean like uh, the article goes into a little bit of his family life. It's stuff I didn't know and it's fucking terrible. His parents divorced when he was two. Uh, he went and lived with his mom. He was pretty much only with his mom until he was 10 when she fucking died. Uh, and then he moved in with his dad and two half siblings and their mom wasn't around because she had died too. So like Mm. living with this dad who's dealing with fucking the two wives that he's had both died. Uh, and now he's just raising these three kids, you know, like, I don't know. And it's, he like went to a nice school, but like he went to the nice school because like his mom with her last dying breath was like, please send them to the nice school. So like they did everything they could to, to do it. So it's not like he's in a situation where like his rich dad is coming in to be like, hey, DA, it'd be really good for your reelection campaign if you went easy <laughs> on this one. Right. Um, so that that's not – and like, you know, it's not like he can be like, one day I'm going to be on Mad Men, so you need to not fuck with me now. Um, so I, I don't know. Other than like that they found that his involvement is not what the kid said it was. Uh, I don't know why he would receive the verge education. So I guess I'm willing to hear him out, but I, I'd love to know more information, but yeah. Does that change how you think about John Hamm? I guess you already knew about it. Yeah, not really. I mean, I did definitely know about, uh, the story. I didn't know about the, uh, deferred adjudication. Um, but I knew he, he had had like a, a really hard life. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, and you just, I don't know, like, you hear about that, I, I it feels a little silly to uh, speculate. And he's got on, a huge dick. Yeah, I'm sure he does have a huge dick. No, he, he definitely does. He'd be great. 
if someone were trying to arrange a Diddy type situation. Stop going back to that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's on my mind. Uh, um, I can tell. But, uh, you know, like, uh, whenever you hear about the upgrade, like, just, it's easy to imagine someone like that having deep reservoirs of anger within them that come out at unanticipated times. Uh, the main thing I think about him is, like, I remember hearing that, uh, like, it was hard for him to play an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, he checked into rehab towards the end of the series, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that he had been around alcohol so much, and he had been around alcoholic behavior and addictive behavior so much that for him, playing an alcoholic was, like, you know, a negative coping mechanism. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was tough. I don't know. I've never seen a show. I'd kind of like to go and watch the show. I feel like I could uh, handle it better at this point. I'm sort of starting to... It's uh, not that good. I'm so, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember walking through while you were watching and being like, this shit's boring. But I yeah. I think that I'm... I had fine. a girl thing. Yeah, yeah no, I recall. <laughs> I, I know who was next to you on the couch when I was walking by. Yeah. Um... But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting. I I find more value in boring things these days. I think I'm ready to. Uh, I'd less, I'd like to go half intensity on uh, not tolerating movies before computers. I would appreciate that. I think that there's some value to movies before computers now. I'm so let's save. Let's save what the rest of you have uh, for tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, because I want to talk. I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about Matt Rife. Let's do it. Okay, so this dude, um, he put up a special uh, a year and a half ago, right? Mm -hmm. I watched that. Um, I went back and watched all of the uh, the episodes that he was on on uh, Wild and Out. Why? Just because. How has this come to you? Like, all of that feels like research of trying to get a full understanding of who Matt Reif is. And I, I would like to just, why why do you want a full understanding of who Matt Reif is? How has this caught your attention? Because, to be honest with you, like, I actually like, and I know that I'm not funny, I like learning about comedy. I think you're funny. Fuck you. I do. So he was on that show when he was like 16 or 17. Stop turning your mic off. It's not good when you include coughs in the podcast. And uh, he was like mildly funny, you know, whatever. That's actually how I first found out about Jesus. It's actually how I first uh, found out about Akash. Okay. Yeah. They were all on Wild and Out? Yeah. Okay. He was like 16 or 17 at that time. And I don't know. I mean, the stuff he did on that show, I don't think it was that funny, but I don't think, I, I just don't think that show was that funny. I don't think anything Akash did on that show was that funny. Mm. And I think Akash is funny now. So I have now watched the last two uh, Matt Reif's uh, specials. Dude, they're just not good. And the thing he runs himself into is. There haven't been, if you think about it, like that many very, very physically attractive male comedians over the past 20 years. 
there really haven't been that many female attractive comedians. Like, honestly, I would say Whitney Cummings is like one of the five hottest women I've ever seen in my life. What? But she's had, too, wor- she's had a lot of work. She's had a lot of work done. You yeah, know, it's it's pretty much just Louis Anderson. <laughs> it's just Louis. So part of the problem that he got into was that Whitney he became, Cummings. Like I had to she's look. so fucking hot, dude. What are you talking about? Whitney Cummings? I like she's so hot. You know, if she came on to me really aggressively, I guess, like as a favor, maybe. Let's move on. <laughs> he became ex- Matt Rife, extremely popular on TikTok because TikTok is a female um dominated platform. Yeah. <laughs> and his Wait. stuff was <laughs> Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I just, you know, you, you really, uh, you led me into that. <laughs> I was being, wait, the thing that I spend all of my day on is for chicks? No. But you know I'm right. I, the TikTok is for everyone. It wouldn't have the giant popularity that it does. Really, I if believe- anything, 50-50, people who've been so fucking uh, fed on the patriarchy like you find that to be women-dominated. TikTok is primarily females. I just don't think that's true, but go ahead. And then he had to uh, do a, uh, you know, a Netflix special, which was like a main, you know, wide appeal. And his first joke in that special was like a Tommy V joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't watch the special, but I heard... On TikTok, I saw a discussion of the fact that it was a domestic violence joke to open his special. And it's not that funny, mm-hmm. but it's also not that offensive. Okay. And now everyone's mad at him. And I don't know. It's just, to me, it makes me think, like, is there ever going to be another new funny comedian that everyone likes? What do you mean? This was the guy. I don't think he's funny, but a lot of people did. And he got he got famous do you on know the platforms yeah. that that we now get people famous on. And immediately everyone's like, no. Yeah, I just like is there ever going to be another famous stand-up comedian who can do an hour and like do it and just like everyone be cool about it? I absolutely think so. Well, uh, early returns are not solid. Like, yeah, there's been debut specials that you've liked. I mean, certainly we, we're all a big fan of Shane's. Like, why? What's preventing he's like someone? Thirty six. Yeah, but it's like he's been doing work for twelve years before. But this it's pretty is a guy common who got for comedians famous to do work on for 12 TikTok. Years. Yeah, but like when like. With Matt specifically, he got famous at a young age, but like that's not like typical for comedians. It's it's really common for them to put in a decade of work and then something like even if they have like a viral breakout kind of thing that it the viral breakout happens after, you know, 10 years of work. Comparing Shane to Matt Reif is apples to oranges, dude. 
That's what I'm saying is that like one of them feels like they are from the old. One of them feels like they are from the new. He got famous based on TikTok. He got famous based on women being like your jawline is great. Your abs are great. And now you want to do a domestic violence joke. And we're going to judge you upon that quite harshly. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I, I think that the so I, I don't. TikTok especially, it's hard to generalize about it because everyone gets served different things. So, like, you know, I, I think that the uh, the Gail Lewis stuff has been, like, it must be dominating everyone on the platform. But, like, you've probably never heard of Gail Lewis. And there's actually probably a lot of heavy TikTok users that have never heard of Gail Lewis. Um, she, uh, she just posted a thing where she was crying because she had left. She worked at Walmart for 10 years and then did, like, an emotional sign-off on her last day. And then like did like a confessional style thing in her car where she was like, you know, I just got a better job. But like those people, we we went through a lot together. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> you did see it? Okay. On Twitter. Um, but, you know, like it, it would be easy for me to imagine that uh, someone who spent as much time on the platform as me didn't see it because that's how TikTok works. So like I, I try like, it, you know, it's very natural to draw generalizations. Um, but with TikTok, it's uh, very dangerous to do. Uh, so I saw several clips, really like mainly one, possibly two clips of Matt Reif, um, that where I had never heard of him before I was scrolling on TikTok, and a guy whose name I later found out was Matt Reif was, was doing a thing. Um, it was the, the big one that made an impression on me was just, there was a, a woman at a show that I, I, and I was kind of like, does this guy not have any jokes? Like he's spending a half a fucking hour talking to this woman. Like he didn't know she was going to be there. Like, you know, crowd work, I guess, but like, this is really leaning on quite a bit of it. Um, don't you have something you'd want to get to? Uh, but yeah, he's just taking a long time to talk to this woman. And basically he's just, he's hitting on her the whole time, but like, she's older. So she finds this endearing in a way that like younger women don't. Um, and, uh, you know, like at, at one point they like call her daughter, uh, like that's how long this is going on is like a, yeah. a, an unassociated third person is being roped into it. Um, and like the thing was interesting. I saw, I understood why it was being served to me and why it had gotten the kind of views that it did. But like, I don't know, it's, it's not like, it's more horny than funny. Like, I, I think that people are more watching because like the woman's hot and like the idea of like you know like and and she seems open to it and like you know I, it, so yeah it was it was doing a lot more in in those fields than like actually and it just doesn't seem very repeatable like i i guess you probably could carve out a career just fucking hitting on like it, you know once the first time that this has happened it really invites the uh the rest of the time it happens every time you come to a town any fucking horny milfs in that town are going to be like, I want to go. So hopefully uh, he can hit on me in front of a bunch of people and I can feel pretty. Uh, so like, you know, it all works. But like, I, I wouldn't think that your special is going to be good. Like, that's fucking crazy. Like nothing about anything he did made me think that like he can write a joke. But like it also did make me think that he could probably sell out the AAC. Like if enough people are seeing this and like you're if like it comes up. And it's a sufficiently low price. Uh, and you just like, oh, that guy that I saw, we're like, you know, I watched that clip and I had a positive association with it. Not necessarily was because it was funny, but I did enjoy watching it. 
Uh, and so, like, you know, would I spend 40 bucks to go and uh, see him? It's not 40 bucks, dude. It's more like, I mean, you know, the Shane it's tickets. It's 400 were, bucks. Uh, for like an average ticket? Dude, he's selling out like Taylor Swift. That's fucking crazy. Uh, I don't. He's, I guess I don't get that. But like, I don't he's know. Like maybe the most profitable comedian of all time. Uh, I'm sure that the, that you're slicing the stats in a very particular way to arrive at that conclusion. I bet Dave Chappelle's lifetime earnings are higher. Oh, lifetime for sure. But if we're talking about one tour, like he's he's killing it. I mean, good for and him, I, I guess. But there's no way he has a funny joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I I'm surprised to hear that it's four hundred dollars a ticket. But uh yeah, everything else I just said, like that that all adds up, right? It's how something like this could happen without a person being funny. I would agree that, you know, yes, his crowd work is appealing. Um but the other weird thing about it is like Again, I went. I I watched the entire special that he put out a week and a half ago. He talks like Medea. That's crazy. And he's not like doing black jokes. Yeah, I mean, you know, I you know, it's I not like no he's like, he's hey, from. black people say this or black people say that. He's just like, and then I went into the hair salon, and I'm like, what are you saying, dude? I, you do. You, you did used to know people like that, right? A long time ago. Yeah, and I just I don't I don't I don't know where he's from, but I I bet that there's still pockets where that's normal. Mom just picked up the boy. That's fine. But he, he's not day. doing like impressions. He's just like up yeah. there on stage, talking like a black person. Yeah, no, that used to be like if you're saying something funny, like, and you really wanted to emphasize it, even if it had absolutely nothing to do with it, that you just would kind of throw on a black voice. But like, yeah, yeah. people people have objected that he's from Ohio. Yeah, yeah, I buy that. That I I bet that Ohio still does that. <laughs> well, whether they do or not, it's weird that he does it. Yeah, I mean, he has been out of. Yeah, I mean, if he was on Wild and Out. He's been out of Ohio for a while. He's had a long time. He's been exposed to environments where this was not normal. Yeah. He's 28. I would have guessed that he was low, like, uh, younger age than that. And he like replies to people on Twitter. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm kind of like low key. He dated obsessed. Kate Beckinsale in 2017. I'm kind what of like low key obsessed with the guy because I hate him so much. Yeah. And that feels like a bad look for me. Yeah. But, like, to be honest with you, I'm like, I think this guy sucks so bad that I'm fascinated by his story. And you, like, you do think you're funny and, like, deep down. I don't. I Like, I, I know you're going to say that, but that's okay. Uh, but, like, th- this whole thing is revealing, like, that, uh, like, all of this is, like, you're frustrated because, like, you're, like, the people who have real talent aren't fucking, you know, getting shined through. Uh, for example, me. You know, <laughs> fuck you. No, I mean, what I like, I, I think you're right. I think that, dude, 
I think that if you had the exact same things happen as Matt Reif happened, that like you're the, and so if, if you just like lucked into a situation where like, you know, one of your clips went viral, like, you know, fucking you just nailed it on the dumb zone and like that somehow like it fucking blew the fuck up. And Netflix was like, we got so much money, like you have to write a special. There's really no choice because uh, then we'll give you the money at the end of it. I think the years would be better than his. Do you, are you telling me you don't believe that you could do better than him? Uh, I actually don't believe that, but I don't believe it would be that far off. So like, you know, that's, that's why, that? that's why you're laying up at night thinking about Matt Reif. I don't know, dude, it is frustrating. I, dude, all my entire fucking life is just watching people less talented than me have more success. I probably pretty much everyone has more success than me and pretty much everyone's less talented than me. It's pretty much tough, everyone. Yeah. It's a tough situation to be in. Let's uh let's end the episode with this, okay? Okay. Um about two months ago, this came up on the Adam Friedland show. Okay. And uh Nick asked if he was insurance for Chinese people. <laughs> insurance for Chinese people? I don't get it. I, I understand that you're trying to dance around this, but you're going to have to get a little closer for me to understand what's being said here. Say it out loud. Insurance for Chinese people? The name. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> At all. <laughs> Guess what, folks? I can't be fired. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh yeah, I I'd love to talk about uh the Greginator and the the rest of our uh next one. Okay. All right. So that's a tease. We'll see you folks. Turbo. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next, so until tomorrow. For everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.